Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are discussing friendship with an Enneagram type five, but first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I use this clothing subscription service called Newly. You get like six items in the mail every month, and some months are better than others, right? Some months you get like three items that you like, and then the rest are kind of bust. Maybe they don't fit. Maybe they're different in person than they were online, or maybe they just don't fit you the way you hoped they would or don't look the way you hoped they would. But this month was a really good one. I love everything that I got and it's going to be hard to send them back at the end of it. Now, my thorn is that y'all, I have this ring that is like an ohm ring and I love it so much and it just literally snapped in half. Like full on snapped in half, like right before I hit record. So, I'm pretty sad about that. I'm not going to lie. My bud, though, is that I am looking forward to my afternoon special beverage. (laughs) Um, If you've been listening to the podcast the last couple of weeks, you might know that I've switched from having afternoon coffees to having afternoon tea just as like a fun little experiment. And lately I've been getting matchas either with honey or with vanilla in them. And I'm really looking forward to it this afternoon. I don't know. I'm just it's really getting me jazzed. All right, let's talk about friendship with an Enneagram type five. So the first thing we need to talk about is what they bring to the table, what we have to learn from them, what they can do to benefit us, what makes them really good friends, all that good stuff. So number one, they are great problem solvers. Type fives tend to be relatively objective and logical. So if you want an objective, logical response to a problem, they are your people. Go to them. They will help you find a solution. They're not going to be overly invested in what they think you should do. And they're also likely to be really creative in their solution for you. They don't typically always have to follow the way things have always been done. They're pretty out-of-the-box thinkers who are also very rational and logical and tend to be non-attached. So really good people to go to for advice. The second is they are not typically easily shaken by your emotions. I think this is a misunderstanding that we have of fives, that they are afraid of emotionality when actually a lot of times when you have a really good friend who's a five or a partner or a parent, they actually might be the person you go to the most because they're not going to catch your feelings. And I had a type five parent tell me this once. They were like, actually, I think I console my kids the most. Like I'm the one they go to because I will not break down when they do. And I think that that's a really great asset to have in your friendship with a five is like they're really good at holding that space without catching your feelings. Um, It's not like a ripple effect of emotion kind of erupting from from itself. Instead, it's like they're going to remain a rock. They're going to remain steady while you kind of have your moment. 
Number three is we can all learn a lesson from our fives about boundaries and about self-respect and about when to say no. Fives have been like the pros of quiet quitting this whole time because it wasn't quiet quitting. It was boundaries, right? It was just not doing more than you are getting paid to do, not doing more than you agreed to do. And, you know, that's what we have to learn about our fives. So instead of like resisting that energy in our five friends, right? Instead of being like, oh, they always say no, they always know, they always like prioritize their own desires and their own energy. It's a really good opportunity for us to be like, why does that make me uncomfy? Like, what is it that I think I'm not allowed to do? What are they doing that I feel like I'm not supposed to do? And maybe it's an opportunity for you to give yourself more permission to do more of the knowing, more saying no, um, setting more boundaries, having more, you know, personal respect for your own privacy, that sort of thing. So they're masters and they are a master class in boundaries. Number four, they are not inclined toward people pleasing. This is something that I didn't really, I kind of understood intellectually about the fives, but even recently we were talking about type nine, the type nine chapter in my recent book in our street team meeting. And everybody had talked about how they sometimes silence themselves and what that looks like for them. And then I was like, fives, you're being awful quiet. Like there are two fives in the room. And I was like, y'all are being awful quiet. Is this just not something you struggle with? And literally both of them were like, no, no, not really. (laughs) I was like, oh, like this is not your problem. And like, you know, they said maybe when they were younger, but not as much as like adults. And I was like, oh yeah, that is really something that we can learn from our friends, especially in female friendships. I told them this, like to see women who are like unapologetically themselves and who are unapologetically like, no, I don't, I don't feel like I need to shrink myself to make other people comfortable or silence myself in order to make other people feel like, okay. Like I don't feel responsible for that. It's, it's so relieving. <laughs> it's, it's so permission giving that I want us all to have it. I want us all to feel, be able to experience that. And the fifth thing about our five friends that is so amazing is their curiosity. Type fives tend to be really curious about people and about the world and about things. And oftentimes when you're in a conversation with a five, they're really good at asking questions and then asking expanding questions and really trying to understand you in like layered ways. And maybe sometimes this feels like you're a case study, but as a, as a fellow head type, I enjoy that interaction. I enjoy when someone's like prying me open and trying to understand me because I recognize that as love because that's how I love people. So it feels really good to be seen in that way in return. And I think it's a very rare experience. And honestly, I think a lot of fives end up having people fall in love with them (laughs) because of this, right? Because they're met with like such genuine curiosity and it's such a rare experience that it it makes you fall in love. You know, quite frankly, I think it's a very common thing. Type fives, let me know in my DMs if people fall in love with you fast. All right. So let's get into where they can expand. If you're a type five and you are in friendship, this is what I want you to know. Here's what you can, you know, growth opportunities. Number one is capacity. 
I think oftentimes our fives have a very reasonable understanding of their capacity, right? Like how much energy they're going to have, how much they're not going to have. But I know that you often say no, even when maybe the energy could be there. And maybe that tendency to say no first writes you out of some experiences that could be really life-changing and meaningful because you're scared of being a little bit tired that day when actually like some sometimes it's worth being a little bit tired for something, right? When I talk about um, in my book, in the chap- type five chapter, I talk about doing things out of love and the difference in energy when we give from a place of like awareness of our potential depletion versus when we give from a place of a true love not like true love in a romantic way, but just like I'm pouring love into this. And in the book, I'm talking specifically about, you know, the physical labor of like building a house or remodeling a house and how, you know, if I'm focused on how exhausting it is to have like the sun on my back and be like crouched in the same position for such a long time to feel like I'm going to get sunburned, I'm going to get exhausted, I, I'm, I'm feeling really worn down. Well, then I'm not able to do as much as when I am focused on the people who I'm doing this for, right? If I'm doing this as volunteer work, the people who will benefit from having a home that I'm actively working on. So if you are a type five friend and you're like, I want to improve what kind of friend I am sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes with consciousness and awareness, you might choose to say yes at a time you're tempted to say no in order to show up out of love or in order to potentially have a really fun, exciting experience that's once in a lifetime, it's worth it. Number two, you've heard me say this a million times. Every time I talk about type fives in relationship of any kind, I say the same thing. So I'm I'm sorry it's redundant, but it needs to be said. And that is communicate. Don't ghost. Don't walk away. Don't like just disappear. Don't Irish goodbye. Just tell people where you're going and why you're doing it. Just say, hey, I'm tired. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> or say, hey, I'd love to do that, but actually tonight's not a good night. I'm, t- you know, I need, I need some time to myself. Or if you're, you know, in a, your roommates with someone or something, just kind of say like, hey, I'm going to go off and like enjoy my own company for a while. Um, it's nothing personal. I'll see you later. And let that be that. But sometimes what can happen is our fives are kind of afraid of the um, potential interjection, the potential like risk of someone disagreeing with that choice or trying to take that choice or that option away from them or kind of intruding upon their liberties or whatever, you know? And so they won't communicate. So they'll just kind of walk away and, and ghost. And people are in your life are left wondering if they did something wrong, if there's something wrong with them, if they offended you, if maybe you don't really like them very much. And that can all be saved. And what actually happens when we don't communicate, right, is it feeds a cycle with because a lot of times our fives attract friends who are very extroverted, who put a lot of time and attention into their friendships, who are pursuing you on a regular basis. And when when you kind of quietly set a boundary without communicating, or you quietly take space without communicating, those friends may feel, you know, hurt or rejected. And then they're going to come to you and be like, do you hate me? Which is going to feel oppressive to you, right? Because it's going to feel like they're invading upon your space. They're needing too much from you. And then you're going to want to pull away more and they're going to want to pull forward more. And then you're just going to keep feeding this cycle of each other where like they're stressing you out, you're stressing them out. And it's just like 
feeding one another, right? Okay, number three is instead of fixing, sometimes you need to empathize. So yes, you are great for advice. It's great to come to you for advice. But sometimes advice isn't what they're coming to you for, right? Sometimes they're coming to you just to have a listening ear, just to hear, just to have someone to witness them, to mirror back to them what they're feeling. And so either ask them, you know, do you need me to listen, empathize, or fix right now? Or you can just err on the side of empathy and then they can ask you if they want advice, right? So you can just err on the side of repeating back to them what you hear them saying and then empathizing with what that must feel like. And then if they want a solution, if they do want advice, they can come to you specifically for that. But oftentimes our fives are so solutions focused and so emotion, like emotions can seem so like trivial and like not necessary. Like, oh, this is this is not what you need to do. You don't need to feel this right now. You need to solve the problem. There's a logical solution to this. It can feel hard to empathize, right? When it feels like they're just kind of, they'd rather feel their feelings and find a solution to the problem. But it can mean a lot to just hear them out and then offer the solution only when asked. Number four, which I mean, honestly, I really quickly on that one, I will say like, I'm the worst for giving advice. (laughs) Um, sevens, we're not great about that either. And I'm, you know, I just feel like it's, it would be honest to say that is my struggle as well. You are not alone and we can work on it together. All right. Number four, you know, work on your isolation tendencies. And what I mean by that is a lot of times our fives forget that they need other people in their life until it's too late, right? Like, so you get so used to doing things on your own, enjoying your own company, But then sometimes there comes a point where you're like, I really would like someone to spend time with. I'd really like for someone to reach out to me. I'm feeling really lonely. And if you've been in a season of isolation, you might not have those people readily available because they haven't been tended to. You know, relationships are like gardens. We have to tend to them. We have to water them. We have to prune away the excess and like take care of it. We can't just neglect it all year and then expect it to stay around, expect it to produce fruit. So make sure that you are pouring into your relationships. And if you need to, you can do what I do, which is like put it on your calendar to check in with people. Like I don't naturally think about people that I care about, you know, like it's, I don't naturally miss them. I have to be strategic about reminding myself to actually reach out to them. And I think that's okay, right? Like, I don't think you need to become someone who all of a sudden is just so relational that you need people all the time or you're aware of people all the time. I don't think that's realistic, but you can be strategically invested in those relationships. You know, like what do you need to do in order to tend to that garden so that, you know, the the fruit is there when it's time to eat? I think that analogy went pretty well, honestly. All right. The last one for you type fives is let yourself be supported. Here's the thing. I know you can take care of yourself. We all do. And I know that even if you feel like you can't take care of yourself, you're going to minimize your need for people and things and sustenance so much that you don't have to rely on other people. I know that you're perfectly capable of doing that, but here's the thing. That is a lonely option and it's working harder than you have to work. But like for your mental health, like that is so much more effort than just sometimes letting yourself be supported. And 
you know, I think it's a baby step thing, right? Like just kind of inviting certain people, maybe one person at a time into that space of offering support. And it doesn't have to be anything big or grandiose at first, right? It can just be like, hey, do you mind if we, you know, have coffee at my house? Do you mind picking up coffee on the way? Instead of saying like, you don't need anything, you'll just make coffee at home. Like you can just ask someone for something. And and I think this is the thing that I've noticed about fives is that they often are really good at offering me encouragement and support. I feel that a lot from the fives in my life and not so great at receiving that in return. And it's not very fair to yourself, right, to be offering much more than you're able to receive. And I think that's possibly worth considering that maybe your capacity is impacted by that. You know, maybe like your perceived capacity of what you're allowing yourself to have is impacted by the fact that you feel like you can um, do without in order to not have to ask for support. Just saying. Something to think about. All right. Things to not take personally. If you are in relationship or friendship to a type five, don't get your feelings hurt if they need time for themselves. I mean, we all knew that one was coming, right? Like that's notorious. Fives need time alone. That is like one of the major features of this, this Enneagram type. Like just don't take it personally. It's obviously not about you at this point. And they, they need this for a lot of reasons. One, because it's a, it's a good reminder that they have their space. You know, the childhood wounding for a lot of fives is that they didn't, that people were intruding upon their space. They didn't have privacy. And so offer is a form of respect to just kind of let them have that and to not take it personally when they take it. It's really attractive to the fives in your life if you can take care of yourself and you allow them to take care of themselves. Now, obviously, as we grow, I hope that you guys can also find a sense of like, interdependence in that friendship where you can't also take care of each other. But at the end of the day, the goal should be to be like two whole people who sometimes offer each other support. So like, just don't take it personally, right? If they take that space and twos and fives are notorious for finding each other. And it makes total sense to me because twos are going to pursue the five and fives kind of need a friend who's a pursuer. But Twos are the most susceptible to taking that personally, right? Like taking your taking space personally. But twos, if you're in a relationship to a five or anyone, I beg of you, it's not about you. It's not about how much they like you. It's not how much they want to spend time with you. It is literally just about like themselves and how they feel and wanting to feel. Number two, don't take it personally if they pop in and out based on their energy levels. So kind of the same thing, like Our type fives are listening consistently to their energy levels. And sometimes they're going to feel really social and they're going to have a lot of social energy to give. And then sometimes they're going to feel extremely depleted and not have a lot to give. And they may not respond to texts for a while. They may, um, you know, wait some time to get back to you. All of that is absolutely okay, right? All of that is fine. And I just really encourage you to not take it personally if they are just taking care of themselves in that way. And just know oftentimes when you're friends with a five, like you're going to have a different friend than if your friend friends with a two or a nine, right? They're going to show up just like every type. We're all different. We're all going to show up differently. The strengths that we bring to the table are going to be different. And so expecting our type five friends to show up like type twos isn't realistic or fair. Obviously, they can work on communicating 
when that's happening and why that's happening. And they can work on maybe being more consistent if that's something that their friends need and that friendship is valuable to them. Like we talked about tending to that garden. But at the same time, it's important that as friends to type fives, when this happens, that we recognize that's just them and it's not about us. And finally, Number three, don't take it personally if they are not the pursuer in the relationship. And and I hate saying pursuer in the relationship because it sounds like a romantic relationship and it sounds like very um, wild at heart if you ha- get that reference. But what I really mean is if they're not consistently reaching out to you to do things, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't want to do things with you. They just think differently, right? And I and maybe I'm projecting here. I might be, but like, I'm like that. I don't initiate a lot of hangouts with people. And it's because I'm like out of sight, out of mind. I have things that I'm working on, things that I'm focused on, and it's just not top of mind. Spending time with people isn't something I remember to do often. And it's not personal. You know, it's not really like about the person as much as it is just like, I forgot. And I think that that's what it is for fives. Like, they have, they're like focused on what's in front of them, the projects they're working on, the things they're researching. Um, and oftentimes the people who are most like pursuant of them are getting more of their time, even if maybe they like you more, you know? And it's because like being the initiator isn't always the comfort zone for our type fives. So just pay attention to that. Don't take it personally if they're not constantly reaching out to you. And because they tend to isolate and they tend to be a little bit, you know, Sometimes they have more energy and less. Just keep reaching out. You know, it can't hurt. And then if they'll communicate, they're pretty direct communicators. Like you're going to, you don't have to like guess if they like you or not, you know? And, you know, maybe that's not what, yeah, I think you don't have to make it so, com- we don't have to make it so complicated. I'm fumbling over myself just to say that. Don't take it personal. All right. Let's get into type specific combinations. So, Number one with fives, the pros here are both are relatively self-responsible and contained. Like they both tend to respect other people's boundaries and they tend to be like emotionally disciplined. The cons are that fives tend to be very open-minded and willing to try things out while ones often believe in like an objective truth that we should live by. And this can kind of be a source of conflict. It can make the five feel like the one is judgmental. It can make the one feel like the five is unpredictable. So that's something to keep in mind. For type two, right, the, the pros here are that twos pursue the fives, and then the fives remain loyal to relationships that truly work. The con is that the two may take it personally with the five does retreat, and the five may find the two stifling if they don't respect that need for space. Type three, the pros are both are relatively self-responsible and contained. They both tend to respect others' boundaries. They both tend to have like projects that they're working on. They don't like to be interrupted while they're working on projects. And then the cons, though, are that they might avoid conflict or problems in the friendship until it's a bit too late and they've become resentful of each other. They may just try to like not have those conversations because neither of them are feeling led. They both tend to kind of either repress or hide their feelings. And so that can cause them to kind of become resentful of one another. Type four, again, both are happy to skip the small talk here. They're going to go deep fast. They jump straight into that deep conversation. They're both highly creative and tend to respect each other's perspectives. One's highly emotionally intelligent. One's highly informationally intelligent. And they're going to respect that in each other. 
Now, the cons are that fours may feel as though fives are analyzing them instead of empathizing with them, and fives may feel as though fours are emotionally draining and take up too much of their time and energy. Now, a five-on-five combo, the pros here are that in some ways, fives really love being friends with other fives. They feel intellectually stimulated, they are given plenty of privacy and space, and typically they're both up for like a really good debate. The cons are that you know, who's going to initiate, right? They, they're going to need someone in their life to hold space for them emotionally as well. Like if you're meeting someone just on that intellectual level, you are going to need other friends and other relationships to help expand you emotionally. Now type six, the pros here are that they're likely to really respect each other intellectually and professionally. Sixers are more relational and reactive, which can actually be a compliment to the type five as they pursue their relationship and that friendship and keep it going while the five can offer insight and self-trust to the six. Now, the cons are that they can feed each other's worst fears because sixes may pass on their worst case scenario thinking and fives are going to pass on their propensity toward darkness. So it can kind of be a pair that bonds on the negative and they may struggle to get out of that pattern. Now, our type seven, the pros here are that they are going to definitely be very intellectually stimulating as a friendship. They may off the sevens may offer that five a social buffer at like social events. Fives can offer sevens a way of taking themselves more seriously and going more deep into their areas of interest. Now the con here is they may have a hard time supporting each other as both types dislike being needed and struggle to ask for help. They also could feel easy, they could kind of like easily float away from one another as both types can get really focused on their own priorities and forget to reach out to people. Now, eights here, the pros are that they have so much in common in terms of independence and self-reliance that this can actually be a surprising combination that invites both types into more vulnerability shocker. They may open up to each other in ways that they wouldn't with someone else because sometimes when you're a non-emotionally forward type, it can feel really sticky when there's someone who's kind of wanting your emotions from you. And so that kind of objectivity and self-reliance and kind of self-containment of the eight and the five can make the each of them feel more comfortable being vulnerable because they don't feel like that person is trying to get something out of them. The con here, though, is when operating at the lower levels, these two are likely to not continue engaging, right? Fives may see the eight as out of control emotionally or rationally. And the way fives retreat at the storminess of an insecure eight can trigger the message that the eight or the eight is too much and cause the eight to move away from the five because it's kind of triggering a little bit of self-doubt, which eights do not like to feel. Now, in a 9-5 friendship, they're going to have a friendship with a lot of personal space and non-judgment. So it's a nice pairing because they both have a calmness about them, but it's from different points of view. The 9 brings in some emotionality and comfort to the dynamic, helping the 5 to find a place of relaxation. And then the 5 brings patience and curiosity to the 9, which will mean so much to them that like Willingness to ask questions, that willingness to wait for an answer, oof, that's good stuff. And then the con is they may not be able to keep the friendship going because, again, who's going to initiate? Like the nines are not typically the first to reach out. Fives are not typically the first to reach out. So it can easily just kind of dwindle from there. 
All right, friends. So that is our conversation around friendship and the Enneagram type five. I hope that you find it helpful. If you have questions, comments, feedback, you can send that to me at Sarah Jane Case on Instagram. I would love to hear anything you have to share. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.